0: A little bit different Mock Draft Monday today on Locked On Cardinals. We're going to highlight Peter Schrager's first mock draft, as well as invite Trevor Sickema from Pro Football Focus On to give me two segments of 2022 NFL Draft goodness. Let's go. You are Locked On Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the
1: Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome in, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On A Z Cards. Thank you to me. Ma- thank you to everyone who makes Locked On Cardinals. You'll first listen each and every day. You can also check me out on Thursdays on the Locked On NFL National Show with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. It's a mock draft Monday. I punted on doing a mock draft of my own today. I'm going to defer to two people who are much smarter than I am, especially when it comes to the NFL draft and projections of where college players will land when the draft comes about 17 days away from now. So Peter Schrager put out his first mock draft, and Peter Schrager is more in tune with what the Arizona Cardinals do in the draft more than anybody else. I think he's picked the last four, Uh, picks that the Cardinals have made in the first round correctly. Now, it was most likely the mock draft that was closest to the actual draft day where he gets the answer of if this player is here, the Cardinals are going to take him. He nailed it with Zayvon Collins last year, Isaiah Simmons. Um, The player he has, the Cardinals taking a 23 overall. It's very Steve Kimey. Let's just put it that way. It's very Steve Kimey. And I'm going to run down the players that were taken before the Cardinals, who were targeted by the Cardinals. You know, in, in many mock drafts up until this point. Um, you know, obviously the guy towards the top of the draft, the Cardinals didn't have a chance with uh, Jamison Williams. He has going number ten to the Jets. Derek Stingley Jr., standout corner from LSU, he has going twelve to the Vikings. Drake London, he is going 15 to the Eagles. Garrett Wilson, Ohio State, 16 to the Saints. Chris Olave, Ohio State, 17 to the Chargers. Jordan Davis, senior bowl and and combine standout. uh, Defensive tackle from Georgia going 19 to the Saints. He has Zion Johnson going 21 to the Patriots. And Traylon Traylon Burks from Arkansas going 22 to the Packers. Here's the thing that means that all of the top wide receivers that the Cardinals were, you know, looking at at 23 are off the board. Zion Johnson, my vote is off the board at that point. Now, there's a couple different ways you can look at this one. You could just freak out and think that that, that Steve Kime is going to pick the wrong guy, which, you know, we've seen uh, at times has happened. There's a guy in George Karloftis from Purdue was looked at to go top 15. He has him going 31 to the Bengals and then Devontae Wyatt, a name that we're going to be talking about with Trevor Sikama next. uh, The other standout uh, defensive tackle from Georgia, he has going 28 to the Packers. So at 23 overall, Peter Schreger, one of the more um, in tune with GMs and Real gossip around the draft has the Cardinals taking wide receiver Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Ask me if he's over six feet. Hey, Alex, is he over six feet? No. Is he over seven feet? No. That means he's under six feet. Yes. 5'11", wide receiver, out of Penn State. What I've said and continue to say. That if the Cardinals' number one need on their draft board happens to be wide receiver, okay, I can make that argument that that's what it should be, even though I think it should be offensive line, making the argument for a wide receiver going at 23 overall palatable, understandable. Do not draft a wide receiver just to draft one at 23 overall if the other five guys that you wanted are, are no longer there. Don't force the issue just to draft a wide receiver. And it seems like with this mock draft that Peter Schrager put together would be what the Cardinals would be doing, drafting a wide receiver to draft one. And that's a mistake. That's a mistake. That's not to say you can't draft a wide receiver in the second round. That's not to say that, again, the drafting wide receiver at 23 overall overall is the worst thing, but... They can't draft a wide receiver 23 just to draft one. So, in summation, this is a great test for mental acuity slash anguish by looking at this mock draft and saying, you know what? If it goes this way, the Cardinals may be in more trouble than we think, even though they have the 23rd overall pick in the NFL draft, because this 100% could be the way it goes with how expensive wide receiver contracts are now when they, when they actually get paid after they stand out during the rookie deal, it's kind of like a quarterback light situation where wide receivers are getting paid now what quarterbacks were getting paid 12 years ago. It's insane. Running backs, way less. Wide receivers, way more. It begs the question, why not just take a stab at a wide receiver every year? Because if you nail one, that's four years of very inexpensive contracts for who could potentially be a standout wide receiver. I understand that, and I think the Cardinals still need to go offensive line at 23 overall. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Follow the podcast Locked on AC Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well, free and available on all platforms when you listen to the podcast and don't watch it. That's our promise. To you. Coming up next, Trevor Sickema, one of the best in the business, one of my close buddies uh, from Pro Football Focus is going to break down the draft in only the way that Trevor Sickema can. That's next. First, AG1. That's what I started taking. Okay. It's from Athletic Greens and. I don't like eating a balanced diet throughout the day. Oh, got to eat your 13 vegetables, however many people, however many vegetable people are saying to eat. Oh, you got to eat all your fruits and vegetables. One of my six, I need an easy, more streamlined way to do it. And that's where AG1 comes in. One scoop of AG1, some water in a in a cup, shake, shake, shake. You get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. It's just an injection of everything you need and nothing that you don't. The special blend of ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. All the things. Hope it does something for my hairline also. A couple things you need to know. One, it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. Supports mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations after third-party testing. And it costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash NFL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, and also a different kind of insurance. Bet online betonline.net is your insurance for everything it's your source for number one all your uh for it's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest sports in, uh, developments podcasts reviews all the different leagues this season bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information including live betting esports and scores head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action BetOnline, where the game starts All right, second segment, Locked on Cardinals, Monday edition. It's a mock draft Monday, and it's jam-packed today. Yet uh, Last segment, I talked about Peter Schrager's uh, mock draft, having the Cardinals taking Jahan Dotson from Penn State at 23 overall. I usually equate that situation to Owen Wilson, Armageddon, scariest environment imaginable. So that, that's all I had to say, scariest environment imaginable. That's what I think if the Cardinals are going to take the fifth best wide receiver off the board. A guy that knows a lot more about the draft than me and than most people um, in that regard, Trevor Sikama. This dude was part of the Locked On family for a while. Okay, That's where he and I first met. Uh, we've got the red-bearded brethren between the two of us. Uh, <laughs> at Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter, one of the best draft minds on the planet, formerly of the Draft Network, now with Pro Football Focus. Dude, thanks for taking some time. I appreciate it. It's been a while.
1: Dude, I got I got like a little bit of like blonde sometimes, and then like it'll go like it'll be like a brown, and then like I got like patches of red. My beard doesn't even like my my beard doesn't even know what it is at this. Yeah, point. you're like, like a I've,
0: chameleon. Yeah, I, you're yeah, a bearded I, chameleon.
1: That's probably the best way to look at it. So I'm yeah. looking at it like that, but I appreciate <laughs> you having me on, Alex. Yeah, for time.
0: sure. So of course, man. So so let's do this first. Schrager, Pete, I love Peter Schrager, friend of the show. Had him on mm-hmm. um, last off season. Um, he has the Cardinals at 23 overall, taking Jahan Dotson out of Penn State wide receiver. Now, 5'11", Steve Kime special, they every single wide receiver that the Cardinals were mocked to take at 23 in Peter Schrager's mock draft had been taken already. You know, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, et cetera, et cetera. What do you think about the Cardinals just taking the next best one at 23 instead of focusing on a different need?
1: Certainly, I mean it's 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 the ever-present cop out for any mock draft answer, and it's depend it depends how the board falls. But I would, this would be surprising to me um, because for as much as I like Jahan Jahan Dotson, he's got some fantastic film. Sixteenth percentile in height, sixth percentile in weight. I mean, this is just a smaller wide receiver, and I know that Andy Isabella hasn't exactly worked out well for them. But like they've got Rondell Moore, who's a smaller wide receiver. They signed Antoine Antoine Wesley to his tender. They lost Christian Kirk. They still have DeAndre Hopkins. I just, a smaller wide receiver would be very surprising to me. Like if, I mean, even even like Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson, obviously if it makes it to them, you go, okay, the talent's too good. You're going to take one of those guys. But like, I would think the Cardinals would be more in on a Drake London, uh, Traylon Burke, something like that. You know, maybe a guy in the second round, like a, like a, like a George Pickens or something. That's the kind of profile that I figured the Cardinals might be going after, but shoot, maybe they want to be this faster, more quick hit thing. I know Peter's a really plugged in dude. And so I don't think he's making this up out of nowhere. I think that the need, or at least the target, you have to, you have to take it at face value. Like you have to, uh, you have to respect the fact that he put it in there because Peter's been right about the Cardinals picks a lot in the past. So It would just shock me. It would very much surprise me. And that's not because I don't like Jahan Dotson. His tape's great. I think he dropped only two catchable passes out of 93 catchable passes thrown his way, which is pretty crazy. I mean, that's one of the smallest numbers that you're going to find throughout college football. So the dude's got a pair of dandies on him, but he's just not a big wide receiver. And... Maybe they've got great plans to move them around and get the most out of them, but I'd, I would just be a little bit surprised if they ended up leaning Dotson here, if they thought that Dotson, I guess, was the best choice for them at
0: 23. Trevor Sikkim, pro football focus at Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter. Yeah, so the way we're going to construct these next two segments is, number one, I'm going to ask Trevor who he thinks the Cardinals should take at 23 overall after we have this wide receiver discussion, and then I'm going to put myself in front of the firing squad and ask somebody much smarter than me if offensive linemen is the way to go, especially guard at 23 overall. We'll talk about that in the third segment. With what we've seen with wide receiver contracts, After their rookie deal, they ball out, they're getting cheese. Like, that's not always how it's been. It was kind of split more, um, you know, in the seesaw with running back and wide receiver, especially because running back doesn't need anybody. They just get a ball in the backfield and then execute. You know, it really is quarterback centric a lot regarding performance from wide receivers. They're getting quarterback light money, they're getting early 2000s, mid mid 2000s quarterback money now. Is that why there is such a push to draft a wide receiver and nail one early? Or is this just circumstantial that this is one of the deepest wide receiver drafts that we've seen and probably the deepest three draft wide receiver just in a row depth-wise that we've seen in NFL history?
1: There's a lot of things that go into it. I think the contract portion of it could very well be in the discussion and in a layer of why you might want to make sure that you get a premium wide receiver on your team. But I also think that, you know, Cliff Kingsbury himself is, is one of the guys that I think people would point to as a face of the changing of offensive football throughout the NFL. Now, he's not the only one. There's plenty of people doing it, but we've seen, you know, you're going less from a rush game emphasis, a rush game base than you see in today's NFL where it's a lot more Tailored around the passing game. That's just what it is. And you're getting more wide receivers on the field. And with more wide receivers on the field, you want to get better wide receivers on the field as well. So, it, you know, you mentioned the contracts looking like they were in the early 2000s ish. Shoot, a wide receiver two from the early 2000s might be like a wide receiver four now or something yeah, like that. That's so true. it's just that's that's kind of what you're looking at now. You, you want to be four deep, you want to be three, four deep really good at that position. And it's, it, it's even more so than two guys who can play on the line of scrimmage in a slot. Like you want guys who can play a lot of different spots for you. And going back to the Jahan Dotson selection, I think that that's what he brings to the table. So I think there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, you know, looking down the line, preparing for the future is always something that's smart. I don't know how much they're looking that far down the line with receiver, but certainly if you're in a situation where, you know, they, Lose Christian Kerr. They probably aren't going to get much else out of Andy Isabella. We'll see. They sign Antoine Wesley to only a one-year tender, right? All of a sudden, now, if you look in the short term, a year from now, okay, what does wide receiver look for you? Maybe getting Jahan Dotson in there is out of contract necessity, even if it's not a one-and-one one from him individually. It could be the other guys around him. Again, I I understand it. I would just have other needs for the Cardinals above what they are going to be doing there at wide receiver, especially for an organization that used two premium picks on linebacker the last two years when they really probably shouldn't have. This would be another kind of like perplexing pick for me to go wide receiver and Jahan Dotson as a wide receiver for them at 23.
0: Yeah, perplexing is kind of where Steve Kime eats. You know, it's just kind of like, uh, hmm, that's one way to go about it. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson have ruined it. They've ruined it. They've ruined the scale. It's Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. It's these guys shouldn't be going over offensive linemen when a rookie quarterback tore his ACL because he had no offensive line help in Cincinnati. Yet they choose uh, Jamar Chase, and he's every inch and pound that everybody thought he could potentially be. Like, these one-offs are ruining it forever. It's like they're validating picks that... 1,000 days ago, people would look and be like, what the hell are you doing here? But that's kind of where we're going, and why would you ever want to play corner? These kids growing up are now playing wide receiver because that's where the cheese is, and if you can be fast, if you can catch the ball, you got a shot. You go to a big-name school, and it's like guys like Devontae Smith, smaller guys are proving that Antonio Brown and Steve Smith aren't out of reach, that if you aren't 6'3", Two twenty with blazing speed like DK Metcalf, you can still be a top-tier wide receiver in the NFL. So is this... We're going to see more of this, and we're going to get into who Trevor thinks the Cardinals should go at 23, because it seems like it's not wide receiver, and I'll talk about mine in the second segment, but is this where we're going, or are we focusing too much on the one-offs because the one-offs are becoming more and more prevalent than they once were?
1: I... I don't know. I think that when you, when you bring that up, I think that every situation is a little bit new unique. Now, you know, I I agree with you in your draft philosophy of, of sometimes, how are you drafting these guys over trench needs? And I was of the camp that I thought the Cincinnati Bengals should have drafted Penny Sewell. I I was, I I thought that they should have drafted Penny Sewell. I thought that that was going to be the right pick, but there is no doubt about it that if they drafted the Penny Sewell, would they still have gotten a damn good football player? Yes, they would have. Would they have made the Super Bowl? Absolutely freaking not. I I don't even know if the Bengals make the playoffs (laughs) last year if they draft Penny Sewell. And that doesn't even mean that, like, that pick would have been a bad pick. It's just incredible the impact that Jamar Chase was able to have. Of course, you mentioned Justin Jefferson. It's a little bit of the same thing. I I just don't see that as the case with the Cardinals. And, of course, if Jahan Dotson has a Jamar Chase kind of impact or a Justin Jefferson impact, then, yeah, he'd probably be the right pick for you no matter what. But I'm always going to lean. If you've got a trench need, it's just – unless I, unless I believe this guy is really special, I'm going to lean a trench need over a skill player need. And I think that that's where I would put the Cardinals at this point in time.
0: Yes. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Follow him at Tampa Bay. Trey Trevor Sigma pro football focus. Uh, One of the best in the business, man coming up next who Trevor thinks the Cardinals should trade or should draft at 23. And if he thinks who I think the Cardinals should draft at 23 is the right move. That's next locked on Cardinals built bar. Trevor remembers Built Bar. Trevor was here during the emergence of this five-bite chocolate-covered just angel of a protein bar. Um, They did uh, blind taste tests with candy bars, and Built Bars won. Built Bars, five grams of sugar, 30 grams of sugar for a candy bar. 19 grams of protein. Is there like negative protein in candy bars? I don't know. I don't know how that works. High fiber, low calorie, low carb, high protein. They don't taste like the side of a, a a tree or they don't taste like a chalkboard these things are delicious truly five or six bites you get your 20 grams of protein with your coffee in the morning go about your day you get 15% off using promo code built15 or lock15 at built.com go to built.com use promo code lock15 for 15% off at built.com all right final segment here on a mock draft monday just a I'm not even doing a mock draft because it's, I, I would just, I'm going to take it, make it into a paper airplane and throw it away. I'd rather talk to a guy that's in the know a lot more than myself, Trevor Sikoma, at Tampa Bay Tray on Twitter. Um, the mood to pro football focus was like, you're like getting your, because we've seen, I've known you what for like three or four years now. Like you right. started with lockdown, you did lockdown NFL draft, moved to TDN, the Paige DeMacos project. She's another fan of the show. I love I love Paige is one of the best in the business. It was awesome to kind of grow up with her in Phoenix as well. Um, and then moving to pro football focus, it just felt right, just felt right where you're able to do so many different things. He was telling me how many cool little tools they have that nobody else knows about, which is kind of badass. Um, it's kind of like a a black op for NFL drafting and obviously (laughs) and just and and all all things NFL at 23 overall. For the Arizona Cardinals, first off, before I do this, do you think trading up or trading back would benefit them at 23 with how many holes they have? And, and, the, and the qualifier there is Steve Kimes' inability to be, um, you know, efficient in the draft, let's say it that way, at least in the first couple rounds.
1: They don't, they don't have a lot of mid-round picks, right? Right, four I'm looking, and five. I'm looking,
0: they don't have a four and five.
1: Right, right. So they have a one, a two, a three,
0: and then You're they like have like several, a bunch of six and sevens. Yeah, they yeah. got like
1: a bunch of six and a bunch of sevens are on picks. No, I think it's staying at 23 is probably the way to do it. Now, of course, like, again, that, like to cop out in the last segment, it depends where the board is. It depends if somebody's offering you. But I would say in most circumstances, I'd probably be sticking at 23 if I was
0: there. Yeah, and I mean, what I, what I said, because um, I, I did a segment, Trade Up, Trade Back. I did a podcast uh, last week. Um, I said, if they offer you a... Two this year, you, you take it. I mean, I think that's you move back to 28 or 29, and somebody wants to give up a two this year, you get oh, a one sure. still in the first round yeah, yeah, and two yeah. twos, but you're not you're not moving back for you're not moving back for a three or a two next year. You have to build the roster this year on the last year of Kyler's rookie deal. So 23 overall, you have your pick of the you know, the range of players that you think will be there at 23. What is your number one? choice for the Cardinals at 23 overall who is
1: if he's there probably Devontae Wyatt just because I love him as a prospect I think he's absolutely fantastic I think that if Jordan Davis wasn't quite literally the size of an absolute house we'd be talking <laughs> about Devontae Wyatt a lot more um, I had I have Devontae Wyatt as my top interior defensive lineman Jordan Davis is right behind him but I just think Devontae is so good man I watched him on tape and he was able to shine so much in one-on-one passing opportunities. He was the quicker three tech defensive tackle for that defense. And of course, playing next to Jordan Davis and all of the uh, space that he can eat up. And it, it never hurts when you get a lot of those one-on-ones on the interior, but Devonte is so good. And I think he play a, uh, a, a wide variety of alignments for you. He's a guy who also played as a nose tackle throughout uh, his time at Georgia, when they were trying to get a lot of speed along that defensive line on, on long third downs. And so he's got that experience as a, three tech, a nose, something like that. And man, when I went to, when I went to watch him at the senior bowl, he just, again, played so well. He dominated so many of those interior one-on-one opportunities. And the other guy that I would bring up is Zion Johnson, who was also a senior bowl guy who, you know, you got to see him go up against Devonte Wyatt. And I think that Wyatt probably got the better of him, honestly, but Zion's awesome. He's, he's a He is an earth mover. He's a powerful guy and he brings a little bit of speed to that as well. So, I think it's, honestly, I'd be going trenches for the Arizona Cardinals. That's where I've gone for most of their mock drafts as I'm doing research on what people are kind of saying about the roster and how the team views these guys and what's going to happen and how they want to use them. I feel like they've got a couple of different options, but I, I still always go back to the best two options for them are either Devontae Wyatt if he's there along the interior defensive line, or Zion Johnson if he is there on the offensive line as well. There's a chance that both of those guys are off the board, and if that's the case, you're probably looking at like a Kenyon green, a guy who can, might mm-hmm. be able to play on the interior at that point. Maybe that's where you look to trade back a little bit, because if you can get back into the back end of the first round or second round or something like that, then maybe you take a chance on uh, the left tackle from Tulsa, Tyler Smith, you kick him into guard because his strengths really can shine as a guard. Darian Kennard from Kentucky is kind of the same thing. You might be able to move him and be able to play him at guard as well. So I think if, if, if those three guys are off the board, that's when you really start to have some different conversations, but I think one of them is going to be there for you at 23. So I'd be focusing on the trenches quite a bit if I'm Arizona.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Before I, before I uh, mirror um, one of the picks that you just said is who I've been pounding the table for um, since day one since the Cardinal season ended unceremoniously with, with the Georgia defensive players, you get asked this a lot, but I haven't asked you this and I want to know. Um, how much of that is the fact that they were all so dominant that each person could do their job specifically and not worry about the person covering for a person to the left or right of them? Because that front seven could all be drafted in the first two, every round and a half, right? I mean, it's, it's one of the things that we haven't seen a lot of, even even the great Alabama defenses. George is like, you know what? The quarterbacks aren't great. Our defense is going to be, and they won a championship because of it. So how much of it has to do with the guy to the left or right of me is doing their job and how much of it is these guys are absolute world beaters singularly wherever they go.
1: Well, I mean, you don't get the former without the latter. You don't. You, you don't get that ability to freelance and do what you want and kind of dominate those one-on-ones if you're all not that damn good. And I think mm-hmm. that that's why the Senior Bowl was really important for a guy like Devontae Wyatt because he was able to show, hey, I'm not standing next to Jordan Davis. I'm not standing next to Trayvon Walker. I don't have Nicobe Dean and Quay Walker behind me and Channing Tindall and all those guys. And yet I'm still playing very well, being very gap sound, I'm able to pin my ears back when the time is right and so I think these are uh, these are all just DM good football players I think that obviously as a unit they were something special because they were national champions but I think they they were special together because they're also special individually I believe that some groups it 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 really is a we're great together if you break us up, maybe we're not so great. Maybe we don't shine as much, but I don't think that was the case with this Georgia team. I think the talent's going to shine no matter what.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the only question marks are really the linebackers because it's how how great is the front three to make the linebackers' job easier, but they're going to the NFL. Most NFL players are better than who was ever on Georgia, so I don't think these guys, and I, I agree with you. Now, Tampa Bay Trey on Twitter, Trevor Sikama, pro football focus. Um, I'm Gian, I'm on Zion Johnson's camp. I am his... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm his campaign manager, I am his, I'm, I'm the, the, the president of his fan club, and there's a couple reasons why. There is a very rare case where, when you have so many holes to fill, that Zion Johnson can just move into that guard position, stand between DJ Humphreys and Rodney Hudson, and now the Cardinals have an absolute strength. Kelvin Beachum on the right has been a great uh, veteran pickup, but now protecting Kyler Murray is proven to be the most important thing. Your wide receivers get a little better when you have that extra maybe half second or full second of protection. Kyler Murray has been lambasted by the Phoenix fan base by not stepping up in the pocket as much, by not, you know, by eluding the or evading the pocket too quickly. I feel like if you can bring a guy in like Zion Johnson, it will show that his cocoon is a little bit stronger than what it was when the, when the guards just weren't performing Justin Pugh, uh, Max Garcia, when he played there like last year. I mean... This would be Steve Kime, I call it, eating his vegetables when he hasn't in the last two seasons by by passing on, you know, Tristan Worth drafting Isaiah Simmons and then drafting Zayvon Collins. So if Devontae Wyatt and so Devontae Wyatt, there's there's a better chance Devontae Wyatt will go earlier than Zion Johnson at 23, I would assume, even though it's close.
1: Yeah. I those those two are those two are a toss up. I hesitate there because I like I don't know. I've heard people who I've heard more people who say that Devontae Wyatt is a guaranteed top 20 pick than people who have said that Zion Johnson is a guaranteed top 20 pick. So if we're playing like numbers and percentages, yes, I've heard more people talk about him that way, but I've also seen people be like, uh, Zion Johnson maybe to the Minnesota Vikings at mm. twelve, so it's, yeah. it's it's like I've I've heard that as well. So it's just it's truly one of those things where it only takes one team, and you don't know till draft night. But if we're going just off sheer numbers, I think more people would tell you that Devontae Wyatt's going to go
0: sooner. It's like being in a fourteen-team fantasy football league, and you have the ninth pick. It's like you have no control. Like right. you're not all the way at the back yes. where, where right. you're going to get where you're <laughs> going to get the double picks. It's just you're in no man's land and. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe it'll be better for Steve Kime because he won't have as many options to choose from. I don't know. Um, But if they do take the fourth or fifth best receiver off the board just to do it, I think the Cardinals could be in a world of trouble. Trevor, thank you for taking 15 minutes, man. I really appreciate it. At Tampa Bay Trey, Pro Football Focus, anything coming up for you mock draft-wise? How many more mocks do you do before the end of the year? Before Uh, the draft, I mean.
1: I, I I mean, every week we'll have somebody doing a mock draft over at PFF. I... I'm either going to do two more or maybe just one more the week of mm. the draft. I haven't decided yet because we're doing mocks all the time over on our podcast, NFL Stock Exchange, as well. So maybe I'll save most of the mocks for the show, just give you one last mock draft, mock week. But uh, we, we got a lot of really great stuff over at pff.com coming up throughout the month,
0: for sure. Killer! thanks for joining me, man. I will check you out tomorrow on Tuesday. And they're not the only people to do mock drafts. Check out Locked On NFL Draft, Ryan Tracy and Eric Crocker, those guys bring it also. Like it's wild how difficult it is to do like real mock drafts and not just let's get drunk and draft a punter in the first round. Like the <laughs> the amount of research that these like that the family of draft cover, whatever, like draft pundits do. Dane Brugler just came out with his beast. Like, I mean, it's wild. The faction it, of people, it seems really big, but it's not that big for people that can be that are able to do what you guys do.
1: Honestly, it's the fan bases that push us to that because we know <laughs> that if we don't do our research and we put out a mock draft out there, fan bases are going to come after us. So you, you honestly, it's fear. This is I, I do this for a living out of fear, Alex. That's why I'm so. That's why I, uh, I know so much about this as I do. But uh, appreciate you having me, on, man. It's always great.
0: Alex you locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you tomorrow.